Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily Rausch, and I am here to share the ins and outs about the body and pole dancing. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Movement Podcast. Me and Samson are here chilling in the lovely Boise, Idaho. It is a balmy 30 degrees today, which I say balmy because it's literally like double the degrees out that it was yesterday. So I am excited for the mini heat wave that we're having. Today, we're going to be talking about why some people get dizzy on spin pole, which is a a topic that comes up quite a bit. And I realize I haven't, I don't think I've recorded a podcast episode about it, but I haven't um, talked about it for a while and it keeps coming up in some DM conversations that I'm having and then also in like discovery calls that I'm having for the pole performance program. So just wanted to chat a little bit more about it. And before we get into that topic, I feel like something that I just want to like put out into the world, I guess, is this time of the year between like Hanukkah, Christmas, any other holidays that I guess like tomorrow is like what the winter solstice um, and the new year is this like weird confusing time because we still have things that need to happen and that we want to be able to accomplish but for a lot of people the like energy level is pretty low and it's been a year for um, a lot of people. And it's been a, a few couple of years, like a pretty heavy couple of years for the world. So if you're feeling like your energy is off or different than it normally is this time of the year, you're not alone. I'm typically someone that has like a lot of goals figured out for the new year by now. I'll have like a word or a phrase for every year. And this year, I'm really struggling. I have not come up, not that I don't have goals of things that I know I want to accomplish, but I'm usually like a lot more organized and energetic about them with like 11 days left in the new year. And I've been spending a lot of time the past couple days just trying to figure out like, what is going on. And I realized that for me to like, sit in my I don't know, energy level, my integrity, what feels good for myself is approaching goal setting, affirmations, manifestations, whatever you want to call it for the new year needs to look a little bit different because I am not the same person I was at the end of 2021 going into 2022 in a really good way. And what feels right for me and may feel right for you, which is why I'm sharing it, is to have a very gentle way of approaching what you want to accomplish for the new year. So my plan, um, just to share it, is to have probably a few sessions in the next couple of weeks where I light candles, I'm going to be in like cozy blankets, I have a really cool notebook that I got from um, a notebook company that I like absolutely love. I think I have like four of their notebooks. It's called Archer and Olive. The one that I'm super excited about has black paper, and so I have to use a white pen to write in it. Um, And if you've followed me for like any point in time, you'll know that like black and white are my two favorite colors. And so I have a I have black notebook paper, and I'm I guess I'm just gonna make it more of like a ritual of you know what what do I want for the the next year? What am I hoping to accomplish in a more gentle fashion as instead of a like a push fashion? And 
I'm really excited for it. So I guess what I'm saying is if you feel like your energy level is different or you're like not feeling the same that you have been in the past um, couple of years for like New Year's resolutions types of things, um, find a, a way to approach if you want to your goal setting in your New Year's resolutions or whatever you want to do for for the next year in a more like ritualistic, gentle manner and make it be like what you need for you right now. And then next week's wrap up or next week's podcast is going to be a wrap up of 2022. And I'll be talking about some of my more popular um, content that I put out and then just kind of sharing how the year went for me. And I would love to hear your thoughts on how your year went. If you want to slide into my DMs or into my inbox, would love to hear from you. But that's not the point of today's podcast. We're going to be talking about why do you get so dizzy on spin pole? So first, um, let's talk about the vestibular system, which is a lot of people associate it with your ear because it's like in your ear, but your ear isn't all only for hearing. It also is involved with your balance and how your body tolerates spinning. So inside, like deep in your ear, there is a bony labyrinth that contains three canals filled with fluid that has crystals floating in it. Yes, your body has crystals inside of it. The position of the fluid and the crystals within each one of these canals helps your brain determine where your body is in space. And this is really important because if one of these canals has something go wrong with it or multiple, that's when you can get the like, I'm walking on a boat, but I'm like actually on solid ground. And there's a few different um, disorders and diseases that that is what people experience like 24-7 because their vestibular system has an issue going on with it. So they... um they like feel like they're spinning when they're not spinning. And it doesn't just stay like when you get off spin pole and you like go and get down and you're like, oh my God, the world's spinning. That's their life like 24 seven. And I feel horrible for them because that feeling is like the grossest feeling in the world. So each one of the semicircular canals is angled differently. And this is because each one of the canals monitors motion in a different plane and when we're thinking about spin pole, um, most of the time, we are transitioning orientations and positions while spinning. So you'll, um, let's say a common combo is you push off from the floor, so you're like upright and you're spinning around, and then maybe you bend forward. So now you're spinning, but you're in like more of a forward fold position, and then I don't know, maybe you stand back up. So you're back in your original orientation and then you invert. So you're going like backwards from a forward fold. And then like all things, you decide to twist yourself around the pole. So you're in like multiple different planes, like your head's in like multiple different positions as you're doing this, all while spinning. So all three canals are being used simultaneously, which... It's just a lot of information for our vestibular system to process all all at once. Um, so that's what's going on with your ear while you're spinning. However, your spin tolerance isn't just your ear. It's also your visual system. 
so your eyes work and your vestibular system, so your inner ear, work together to keep us upright and balanced. And if you think about this when from like an evolutionary standpoint, if you're on solid ground, your eyes being able to see like, oh, the floor is uneven or we're going uphill or downhill. And then you start actually walking up the hill and your brain senses that the, the fluid in your semicircular canals tips to match what your eyes are seeing. It's going to be like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Eyes are seeing that there's a hill, vestibular system is reacting like there is a hill that we're walking up, everything's good. And when there's like a mixed match between the information, that's when um, some like dizziness and some other um, symptoms can happen. So them working together is, is very important. And while we're spinning on spin pole, it taxes both systems because hopefully you're pole dancing with your eyes open. And then like we talked about previously, your the um, fluid in your inner ear is doing all sorts of things as you're spinning. But if you're struggling with things, something that I've noticed because I have um, some spin intolerance is... A lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I'm just going to talk about myself because I know that I do it. When I am spinning really fast and my, I start to get dizzy, my default is to close my eyes because it's less information going into my brain about the like amount of spin that, I, that I'm doing. And it's less overwhelming for my nervous system to do that. But then also my eyes are closed and it's not recommended that you pole dance with your eyes closed. But if you're noticing that that's what you want to do. And I know sometimes people will close their eyes as like a dramatic moment while they're spinning and they're going to be like, oh, my eyes are closed because I'm dancing to like a moody song and that's what I want to portray. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like almost an involuntary, like my body is overwhelmed. So I'm going to close my eyes and then use like a lot of times when I'm going too fast, I can like muscle memory myself out of whatever position that I'm in to the floor and then I'll open my eyes. Not safe, do not recommend. Um, But instead of continuing to do that, there's like spin tolerance training that you can do. But it's important that you recognize that if that's what you do, that that's a sign that we need to do some work on how your visual and your vestibular system work together so that you can handle spinning better. I would also like to point out that our neck plays a huge part in all of this because obviously our skull sits on top of our neck and there's a lot of proprioceptive like neurons uh, that exist in our cervical spine that help us be able to like move our head side to side. It helps with our eye movement. So if you like look up your neck muscles on the back of your skull where it like connects your skull to your your upper cervical spine when you move your eyes those muscles contract because it's anticipating that your head is going to move where your eyes are going it's actually a fun um like neurological trick because a lot of people have like upper neck tightness in those muscles they're called your suboccipital muscles meaning like underneath your occiput if you're having If I have a patient come in and they're really struggling to get those muscles to relax and it's giving them a headache or causing, you know, some sort of like neck or head symptoms, I can play, it's not a neurological game, but that's what I like to call it. When I'm working with people, I'm like, we're going to play a neurological game to get your body to relax these muscles. And it's 
um, like trigger point therapy, like pressing into the different muscles and having people keep their head still but move their eyes around because it will um, contract those muscles. And then we can play with a little like contract, relax um, way of like reducing muscle tension without them having to, to move their head around. So your neck affects your Uh, vestibular system and your visual system so if you're having neck discomfort or pain or like limited range of motion or like literally anything going on with your neck it is going to affect both of those systems which in theory could affect how you're tolerating spin so if you're struggling with this and you're struggling with getting dizzy while you're spinning and then you're also having some neck concerns sometimes like addressing your neck concerns can um, make your spin tolerance be a lot better so while we're spinning if we're circling back to the original thing about your eyes, your when we're spinning in one direction, our eyes will want to turn in the opposite direction. And this helps kind of balance what's happening in your brain and or in your vestibular system and then your visual system. Like it kind of gets you to like point neutral. So if you want to try this, look at something on a wall and turn your head in one direction, your eyes will move in the opposite direction to stay looking at the object on the wall. And once again, this is something that makes sense from like an evolutionary standpoint that if you're looking at something that, you know, potentially could kill you, uh, if we're going back to like pure evolution, you want to keep your eyes on it as opposed to taking your eyes off of it as you're, you're turning your head. This is why, um, if we're bringing it back to dance, why ballet dancers can use spotting. So, like, if you've never done ballet, um, and I'm, I've been taking online ballet YouTube tutorials for a few weeks now. I'm, uh, that doesn't mean I've done ballet. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not spinning or pirouetting at all yet. I'm just working on bar stuff. But if you have ever watched a ballerina pirouette, they will look at something and then do the pirouette and immediately try to find that same object because it helps keep them balanced and keeps them from being dizzy while they're doing that. We as pole dancers, however, cannot spot because we are spinning and our apparatus is spinning. Like a like a ballerina, right? Their foot's on solid ground and they're spinning around that contact point. We're moving with our uh, apparatus. And the using that same spotting technique, the spinning and looking for a stationary object can increase our dizziness for a few different reasons. We're spinning for longer times and at different speeds. And like I said before, our apparatus is spinning as well. So what do we do? Focus on something that is spinning with you. So you can look at the pole, you can look at a body part, you can also like low-key dissociate your eyes, Um, not like dissociate your body, but you can like relax your eyes so that you're not hyper-focusing on any one thing that can be helpful for a lot of people, especially when you're transitioning in between shapes. Like I feel like if you're holding a shape and you're wanting to to look at something you can you can choose to look at like the 
beyond the audience and kind of like blur your eyes so that you're having that like nice interaction with the audience if you're performing but you could also like look at your fingertips or look at your toes or something where it'll still look like you're looking at your audience but really you're focusing on the body part that's moving with you so fun fun tips and tricks while you're actual spinning but at the same point, you can't just be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm getting really dizzy and now I just look at my foot while I'm spinning and then I'm like magically going to be able to tolerate spinning really fast. No, we do need to train our vestibular and visual systems to tolerate spinning. And like most things in the body, if you don't use it, you will lose it, which is why I feel like a lot of adults that don't do like spinny things growing up um, tend to struggle with this more. I don't know if that's like actually scientific data or not, but I remember when I was a child, I used to love going on the like super spinny rides at the fair. Like there was one that was a spaceship that you would like lay um, your back up against like a foam wall and then it would start spinning and I would go on it for like so many times in a row like my mom thought I was crazy but it did not bother me at all and now even just like walking by it I'm like oh my god I can't believe I used to like enjoy that ride as a kid and that's because after a certain point I stopped like exposing myself to carnival rides like I stopped going on them for a really long time and now my body's not used to it so I'm like feeling also kind of want a squirrel moment out of this because I think it is important if you've had any um, traumatic brain injuries so if you've had concussions or like a neck injury at any point your systems are not going to be the same as someone that has never had a concussion or a neck injury obviously, because they haven't experienced that kind of stuff going on. But I have had multiple concussions in my lifetime. Yay for being rear-ended multiple times in my life. And then also playing soccer (laughs) growing up as a child. Do you know that um, high school girls soccer has the highest concussion rate out of any sport? More than football? Not a lot of people do, and that pisses me off. But that's a rant for another day. Anyways, if you haven't gone through the like proper concussion rehab that is needed to repair the trauma um, in your vestibular system, in your visual system, in your brain from having uh, your head get like flopped around, that's also going to impact your, your spin tolerance quite a bit. And this was something that I didn't realize until I went to an eye doctor and was just doing my normal eye exam. And I just happened to, um, I usually go to Costco and they just like randomly pick you or put you with a doctor that works at Costco. And the doctor I randomly got placed with is a a sports eye doctor, um, which I didn't realize existed until I talked to him. But he specializes in like, yeah, visual and vestibular training for athletes. And I was just doing my my normal eye exam. And he's like, you got some wonky stuff going on. Have you ever had a concussion? And I was like, uh, yeah, a few. And he was like, oh my gosh. So I, I still need to actually go back and um, do a few more sessions. But I have done some training with him and it helps a lot. And it's literally like the... 
I think it's like the stupidest stuff. I'm going to be honest because it's a lot of just like getting my eyes to focus on something close and then being able to relax to look at something far away and then close it far away. Um, fucking over and over and over again with like different things um, helps helps train it so that I don't get as dizzy because my eyes are like tracking how they're supposed to as opposed to like one eye going wonky and the other eye looking at what I'm supposed to look at. So if you're trying all of these tips and tricks and you've been working on your spin tolerance for a really long time and it's not getting better and you've also had a history of some head stuff or brain stuff, looking into more like concussion or vestibular rehab can be incredibly helpful. So going back to spin tolerance, how do you build up your spin tolerance? So you can do this by spinning for short amounts of time, getting off the pole, waiting until you're not dizzy again, and then spinning again. So Spinning for 10 seconds, getting off the pole, sitting down, looking at a non-moving object until you're not dizzy anymore. Time how long it takes for you to not get dizzy or to get undizzy, if that makes sense. So you get off the pole, you're dizzy, you would sit down, start your timer, wait until you're not dizzy anymore, and then stop the timer so you can see how long it takes for your um, like vestibular and visual system to get back to kind of baseline. And then wait 30 seconds to a minute after you're not dizzy anymore, and then repeat going on the pole for another 10 seconds, three to five times. Ideally, you're having the amount of time being dizzy decreasing, and then you can increase the amount of time spent spinning and then the wait time in between. So if you're spinning for three minutes, you're going to want to wait a little bit longer before you get back on the pole. Something that I, I, I guess it like makes sense. I just like didn't register it when I was working on my spin tolerance more consistently is I was doing it only upright. And if we circle back to the lovely beginning of this podcast episode of our three semicircular canals and they're all impacting our body in different positions is you need to work on your spinning tolerance in all of the positions for all of the different canals, not just one. So what I have been um, working on with mine is doing like straight up and down the pole and then I've been inverting into a crucifix and being upside down. And then I've also been doing um, kind of a like in-between back position. Um, So like not completely upside down. So think like an outside leg hang or an inside leg hang and then a like forward foldy position. So you're getting like the tip back, the tip forward, straight upright and completely upside down. And then paying attention to which ones are bothering you the most or what you're doing when you get more dizzy than when you don't get dizzy. Because like I don't tend to get dizzy if I'm upright, but if I am doing spinny tricks and transitioning from being upright to being like head down, that fucks me or the exact opposite like um a spinning shoulder mount and going into like an outside leg hang or a brass monkey that transition from being like up upright and spinning to like being head down or even like you know like uh outside leg hang you're kind of like parallel to the ground that is where my body is like um not feeling great so working on that like kind of intermediate position is on my to-do list for the next year, like working on that spin tolerance. 
And then the other fun part of pole dancing, and that's like a little bit of sarcasm, but then also not, is that there's times when we spin slower and there's times where we spin faster. So I recommend that you start working on your spin tolerance in a slower spin. And then you can also increase your speed as you increase your spin tolerance as opposed to spinning super, super fast and then getting down. For a few different reasons. One, it's like deciding that you're just like go sprint when you haven't ran in 17 years. And then also if you know that your body does not handle spinning well and you go to work on your spin tolerance and you're making yourself spin very fast, I'm making the assumption that potentially you're going to go into freak out mode and then you're going to have to figure out how to get yourself off the pole when you're spinning really fast. And that can be dangerous. So in the overall arching like message of all of the content that create is that I want you to be safe and reduce your risk of injury as much as you possibly can. And when we're working on spin tolerance, going balls to the wall spin at the beginning, just is going to increase your risk of falling off the pole or not being able to exit with control, which will increase your risk of injury. And then also, I know I said that you could do things like three to five times. Once again, if you're working on your spin tolerance in a position that requires a lot of effort for you, meaning like let's say getting into crucifix is really challenging for you and you can do it safely like three times before you start to slide to the floor or do weird things to get into it. Stop at three. Don't go to five because once again, I don't want you to get hurt trying to work on your spin tolerance. And especially with the like, well, crucifix is one, um, but working on that transition from being upright to being upside down. So I'm envisioning like holding a chopper position or holding um, like an outside leg hang or something where you're in that like in term, not completely upright, not completely upside down. And if you're having to hold yourself in that position for however long you're working on it and you're starting to get tired, please, please just stop Um, and like rest and you can continue to do this. There's no rush. I know you are going to probably want to feel rushed because you don't want to get as dizzy while spinning because you want to be able to do all the cool spin stuff, but longevity reigns supreme. And then final note, I think, on this is make sure you're working on your spin tolerance in both directions. So if you're spinning, if you're doing your spin tolerance, do one time, one direction, one time, the other direction so that you're working on your tolerance in both directions and you're not setting yourself up where you're like, I can only spin counterclockwise. And then if I need to spin clockwise, I'm getting really dizzy again, because that is going to bite you in the ass in the future. And it's kind of like training both sides, right? Like if you really only train stuff on one side, and then you're trying to put a combo together, and you're realizing that you don't know how to or have the skills to do something on both sides. And then you're having to build your fucking combo around what you can do on your wonky side so you can hit the good things the good the tricks on your good side um it's just not as fun okay friends I think that's all I have for this lovely episode and it's the second to last one for 2022 I will be posting kind of a year wrap up is what I have planned for next week's and then we will be in 2023 which I am super excited about because I have some very exciting things planned for 
my lovely business in the next year and also for myself. I'm going to Disneyland for my birthday in January. I've never been. I'm super excited. Um, So if you have been and you have like recommendations for what I should do in Disneyland, which is in California, please let me know. And then I'll be in Florida in February and potentially in San Francisco in March. Still trying to figure that out. And yeah, anyways, I got lots of exciting things planned. Can't wait for the new year. Can't wait to wrap up this year with all my lovely like goal setting and rituals that I have planned. So I yeah, hope you have a a wonderful day and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.